0: Welcome to Meet the Actor at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this evening's moderator, host of the Howard Stern Wrap-Up Show, John Hine. Good evening, everybody. How you guys doing? Uh, I'm here because I have the privilege of talking to a legendary film actor who's in a very exciting television show that's going to be on Crackle, which you can get on your app on the website, it's really everywhere. I'll talk more about that later. The name of the show is The Art of More. And if you are unfamiliar with what it's all about, it's the seedy world of auction houses and what goes on behind the scenes. And to give you just a little taste, I'd like to show you the trailer of the upcoming Art of More. What do you know about Sam Bruckner? He's bombastic, uncouth, egotistical, and yet somehow he has managed to assemble an amazing art collection. How do I get his account?
1: I like anything that can make me money. Why don't you come to my place tomorrow night? can't keep all the action for yourself.
2: If you think I'd ever go easy on you, you're crazy.
1: I haven't seen anything lately. You holding out on me? You've got stuff, I want to see it.
0: Bruckner's hot for more antiquities. I'll handle selling the pieces. You three just keep inside and stay out of trouble. You want me to kill him? I expect all of my employees, including you, to excel.
2: My father just might give the company to me, and then you will be out on your ass.
1: I'd love for you to tell me where you got the fake fan go.
2: I had a really great time the other night. Me too. Playing the game just right. Boss's granddaughter?
1: It's the only one in the world. My accountant is worth a lot more than just one statue. So what else you got? If you want somebody who isn't afraid to do anything
0: necessary, and go with me. This is FBI Special Agent Kramer. You'd be surprised at the way people slip up, especially the ones that think they're smarter than we are. I'm sure gotta see just like old times. The only person that needs protection around here is you.
2: I think I have you beat.
1: See how well you roll with the punches. More risk equals more profit. Isn't that what your little side business is all
0: about? It's a pretty fine trailer. I'm I'm ready for episode one. But before we do that, I'd like to bring out one of the stars of the Art of More, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Mr. Dennis Quaid.
1: All right. So this tutorial will be explaining. How to use the iPhone 6.
0: I've watched the show. It is pretty damn fun. And your character, did you just have a blast playing this guy?
1: Yeah, he was, he was really a lot of fun. He was, it was a lot of fun on the page. And um, they already had uh, 10 episodes uh, pretty much written by the time we got there. So we had a beginning, and a middle, and an end. To, you, know, you could see where the character was going. And it's a fun world. I mean, this art auction world—it brings out the best in everybody. You know, greed, <laughs> lust, envy, and uh, betrayal, uh, as well as love. And uh, it was a great cast, and just it did a lot of fun to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, the show has so many beautiful things to look at. Whether it's sex, when you're talking the actor, the actress, the the money, the the cars that are out there. I didn't know about the CD world of auctions and these auction houses and i think a lot of people just think oh yeah i see some priceless heirloom being auctioned for three million dollars and that's what they do well there's a hell of a lot more behind getting that item into the auction and you and carry and the whole cast really does a great job of showing what at least i'd like to think that world is like i know it's somewhat (laughs) fictionalized but you guys go i mean any means necessary in order to get what you want
1: Well. I mean, the vast majority of what goes on in the art auction world is on the up and up. Of course, it is, you know, but doesn't really make for great drama, doesn't, for the most part. But you know, there's a seedy side to everything, and uh, um, this is every every time it's on the news where you know some Van Gogh sold for four hundred million dollars or whatever. It always turns my head, uh, or Elvis Presley's guitar, or whatever it was, and. Uh, it's it and you know that it's I've always been interested in that, I think we all are and, Absolutely. Uh, it's 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 another world that we don't know about and this is in this uh in our in our show it really you know kind of pulls the curtain behind uh what's going on
0: now you're a musician. If you saw, I mean, would you be tempted a bit on a Hendrix guitar or, you know, something Lennon played or, I mean, you just saw a Ringo Starr's drum kit went for a ridiculous amount of money. Well, Does that Ringo, tempt you at all? Uh,
1: well, Ringo played my guitar when we were doing uh, Caveman together, so. <laughs> 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 I don't know what I can for it. But, uh, uh yeah, I mean, it's, uh, for me, I mean, uh, th- things like that are, you know, just my, things that are precious to me. Uh, but, um, as far as art, and I've always been, really been interested in art and uh, loved art and uh, I've collected a few pieces you know along the way, not at auction houses, but uh, I have been to auction houses
0: now Christian Cook plays Graham Connor, and he is a Brooklyn kid tommy I mean is, as you've learned in the pilot who is a soldier and and Again, like I said before, any means necessary. He will find the art one way or another. and We'll leave it at that and let everyone else sort of find out for themselves what goes on. But uh, he's, he ends up entering this world, and I think the pilot does a really good job of bringing you in because maybe you don't know that much about auction houses, and you don't know that much about art and what this painting might be worth and what this statue is. But you see him be incorporated into this world, and then he's got to land the big fish, the big accounts, and, and the next big auction. And the next big auction is your character's auction. And he's battling Kate Bosworth's character for... Uh, to get on your good side and make sure that you're going to be working with one of their firms. And as they battle back and forth, you just play both of them to no end. Like, you know exactly what they want, why they're there, and your first line, I believe, or one of your first lines in the in the show is... I have FU money and uh you basically take it from there you have a ton of money you have aspirations that may go, maybe go beyond art and As they try to cater to you, you just get to play them any which way. And you've got, you know, Kate on this side, and you've got Christian on that side, and you're the one, it seems like, who's pulling all the strings. And there's that grin that you have right now in the show, and you could tell that you're just having a great time doing this. Well, yeah, he gets to be a little bit of a puppet master.
1: Um, And uh, he's pulling strings, and he knows... More than the audience knows, and more than the other characters know that's what that's what makes it a lot of fun and uh, he he knows where he wants to go with it and that, you know um but this you know it's the in this show that's everybody wants something in this series um uh, in this show, and you see throughout the the uh the playing out of it that Hardly anybody gets what they want <laughs> really,
0: unlike real life, of course, where we all yeah where we, we want, all get
1: right? what we want in the end, if we just do the right things yeah. right and uh, yeah you know the the part came along and what what was interesting about it I mean it's this guy who's a billionaire, he's a real estate mogul in uh, New York city uh, and he's has aspirations for political office. That was the character that I got back in
0: April, and uh, the character back in April. Yeah. versus anybody who could yeah, possibly we were, be like, who may be leading right now in, in one of the nominations for president. There seems to be some parallels there, intentional. Well, around. I
1: mean, there were already parallels. It, you know, it was very kind of Trump-like because there's not many guys that do that to begin with, and uh, and but we were in, about episode five when he you know announced he was running uh we were shooting it and it was just like a gift just, get, just i think everybody <laughs> just get feels this that way. And watch tv every day and find, <laughs> out, what the,
0: <laughs> find out what the scene's going to be yeah he uh we're all having fun watching donald do his thing and as you do yours all throughout this program uh you really don't know where it's going to go and one of the things i really like about it is there's a lot of twists and turns within the, the uh, as the plot plays out, but they make a lot of sense. Like, you're not coming out of left field here. Like, you can see yours and other characters' minds sort of thinking, trying to think two or three steps ahead of the game as this kid is trying to sort of land you as this big fish and make his way through this world.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think my character sort of relates with the Graham character as well because he, he recognizes something in him, you know. He's a... Uh, He's a con artist. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Basically, you know, with uh, who's a likable guy. Usually, con artists are likable people, by the way. But uh, um, he recognizes something in him that uh, you know draws him to him, and kind of
0: takes him under his wing. Cary Ellis plays Arthur Davenport, who's another almost his mentor who gets him into the business and really brings him along. But you could tell he's got an affection. For his character as well because he sees something in him that he sees in himself where he'll you you don't want to bend the rules necessarily but it's okay if you get to the ultimate goal and that's what he does
1: yeah well probably with carrie uh carrie's character is that he sees in graham like that whole purity of the love of art for what it is uh as art and uh You know, it's art versus the world.
0: Yeah, and it's this Brooklyn kid, and you're like, how did he get this love of art? You know, he sounds very street in the beginning. He's a soldier, and you're thinking, there's no way this guy could be well-versed in all these collections. But you learn through his father and his upbringing throughout the show that he has a genuine love and passion for this stuff, and that impresses everybody that he's with. Yeah.
1: And everybody's got to come from somewhere, right?
0: Amen. Right. Amen. So let's talk about you being on the series, and being in the world of Crackle, just so you know, when the show goes up, on the 18th, I believe, is the date? 19th. The 19th, I excuse me. Thursday, November 19th. Not just one episode, all 10. And you can binge to your heart's desire. And I see all the smiles here in the room because a lot of folks likes to consume their TV now and their entertainment that way.
1: Yeah, I, I, I myself do. In fact, when I really get excited is when I've already missed Three seasons of something and then discover it. <laughs> oh, and that, like, I did that with Breaking Bad. Oh. Uh, I, you know, I missed like the first three seasons of it. And my wife and I just started watching it and went basically spent two weeks in bed. And uh, it just so happened that the fourth season was just starting since we finished. I mean, uh, it was, it's a term that uh, I don't think any of us had two years ago, binge-watching, you know? Well, other, I rem- of, I rem- other than a Simpsons marathon on Fox, that, <laughs> that was about it.
0: I can remember, I mean, you had to wait for a show to go into syndication or repeat in order to catch up on it. Not too long ago, a little bit long Yeah. Ago. But now, yeah, I mean, hey, I heard about this show... Well, okay, spend a couple of nights and you can catch up to as many seasons as you want and get yeah right up you, to can, you
1: can watch all you can watch all ten at once if you want or spread it out according to your heart's desire i mean that's that's nothing new and then it's it's uh, you know it's a streaming show and it's really kind of set up as that and uh the difference being is on with crackle it's free you don't need to pay a subscription you know, all I got to put up with is seven minutes of commercials within. Within an hour show, you know how many? It, I, I think we're right now. It's like what at least 16 to 20 minutes of, uh, yeah. of uh, commercials that you'll see in an hour show. Yeah,
0: so you're already saving time there. Yeah. And Crackle, I mean, those of you who may not be familiar with it, you know, a comedians, Seinfeld show, comedians, Cars getting coffee is on there. Uh, Joe Dirt 2 came out on there. Brian Cranston from Breaking right. Bad, his cartoon Super Mansion. I got to interview him at uh, San Diego Comic Con. He's a, one hell of a trip, Cranston. But uh, his show is on there, and it seems to me that if the, if, the, if the show is a quality show, if the programming is good, people are going to find it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. It's going to stay. You know, it's, Everything gets its chance, and then if it's, if it's a good quality show, it's, people are going to show up and they're going to stay with it because you get interested in the characters and you get interested in the story. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, you don't have to sell that part.
0: And okay, let's let's dig a little deeper into your wonderful life and career. When you're doing, you know, breaking away with the Cutter team back in the day, could you ima- Did you imagine that your career would take the arc that it did? I mean, you were so successful in film. You're in television. I mean, I loved your show actually, Vegas, which was on for a season a couple years back. Uh, but you've played so many different iconic. Characters. Yet the thing I always love about watching your performance, and I am sucking up to you because I'm sitting right across from you, is that when you're playing that character, not only do I totally buy that you're that character, but I almost, like, I'm I'm along for the ride of the joy or even pain you're experiencing as you're doing it. And I think, you know, I can list so many different uh, roles that you've played. I just know if Dennis Quaid's going to be in a project, I'm going to check it out. And that's, I guess, the biggest compliment I can give you. But I wonder... Does it matter if it's TV, if it's movies, or does it all come down to whatever the role is and how you sort of grow affectionate towards it, or not?
1: Well, to answer the first part of your question, thank you very much, by the way. Thank, You're th- welcome. That there does feel good. It's better than poking the eye with a sharp stick.
0: feels good. <laughs> there are about but, eight questions in there. I apologize but, uh, for that. Back
1: when I was doing breaking away, all I wanted to be was a a working actor that was really my first dream when I started out in college and college drama and came out to l a and you know I got a part and got another part a little while and got breaking away that made things easier and then I got the right stuff and made things a lot easier and then I got the big easy and all of a sudden things were maybe uh well they were easy really easy <laughs> so but uh uh it's uh i just feel i feel lucky to have um to be still be here, by the way, and, and uh, I have more fire in my belly acting now than I did in my 20s. Uh, I just love it. Why do you think that
0: is? Like, what has changed over the years? Uh,
1: I don't know. Maybe I appreciate it more. I, you know, I don't have to do it just for a living anymore. I do the things that I, that I really want to do, and um, I, I just get excited about still about, about human nature, about what it is that makes somebody tick. And I get interested in them, and then I'm down the road with it, and uh, I, I just get into it.
0: Look, another well, another film that I loved you in was The Rookie. And I felt that going into that film, I was like, okay, it's a Disney-esque movie about baseball, and I really don't know how it's going to be. And I, I thought that was such a great, inspiring movie uh, because you know, of course, right after i 'm reading the real life story and what happened, and uh, but I think in a lot of your films, you take on roles that inspire people, and in that one in particular because i 'm a failed baseball player, I really appreciated it and uh, it looked like you can bring the heat. It looked like you can throw about eighty eight ninety miles an hour. Well, I never
1: put myself on a real radar gun because i didn 't want to know
0: <laughs> how how hard do you think, <laughs> How hard do you think you could throw
1: I really don 't know. <laughs> I really, really, really don't know. Swear to God. That's why I love the movies, because yeah. I think he throws ninety-nine yeah. to a hundred. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I had a I had a really good time doing that. I just like I, that's that's the thing about what I do is that I've got to go into all these doors that say "authorized personnel only." You know. If, uh, you know, I got to play an astronaut, and I got my pilot's license from that. It was like. Uh, during the rookie, I like every Friday I got to go down to Dodger Stadium while I was training for it and pitch on the mound, and I with nobody in the stadium, it was like all these things that are unreal. These great, great dreams that you just get to you get to do.
0: That's awesome, living the dream, it's a fantasy life. And you got to be Lindsay Lohan's dad in Parent Trap. So yes, I, mean, I did. So, I mean, who, who, who could? Yes, yeah, back
1: in the day, by the way. And so by the, the way. Yeah. <laughs> Those of you who are left, she
0: is excellent in that film.
1: She, she's really good. At, you forget that she's like you You think it's two characters, yes. Well, it's one girl playing, you know, that we would stop and we'd refilm while uh she did the other girl with the British accent. So, she's, tr-
0: she's tremendous in that, she's
1: amazing movie. in that movie,
0: and uh, as is Dennis, of course. Now, let's get back. To the art of more, of course. I believe we have a couple clips. And the first one, you're with another lovely and talented actress, uh, Kate Bosworth. So, can we roll that clip? Boxy?
2: Sam, I assume you're here to sign with us.
1: Two days ago, you were telling me how much you needed my account, the most important account of your career. And then I have to go and read how you just signed the Swift collection.
2: Sam, I didn't think that-
1: No, you didn't. That's my point. I think you know that I only do business with people who are straight with me.
2: I am always straight with you, Sam. This Swift account happened very suddenly. I was summoned to the guy's deathbed. Not that you care, but it was pretty damn traumatic for me.
1: The guy's 90 years old. Everybody that age is about to croak.
2: I should have called you sooner. Yes. But should I have turned it down? Hmm. Would you have wanted me to turn it down? I'm pretty sure if I had, you'd think I was a moron, that I hadn't listened to anything you taught me in this business. That biggest auction of the decade line, that's just for the press. You know that. You know it better than anyone. If you sign and I can have the contract in front of us in about 20 seconds, I promise you will not be disappointed.
1: I'm already disappointed. Look, uh, if you wanna just keep this, the client account executive situation,
2: that's that's fine. I don't. May I take you to dinner to convince you of that? Tonight? I have to go on a quick business trip tonight. I'm busy tonight, too. How about this weekend?
0: I'll check my calendar. So that scene starts off and it's like, okay, Dennis is just taking Kate to school here and and you're totally, it seems like you have complete control of the scene. The next thing you know, Kate's on the offensive, and then you're, and that's again, this happens all throughout this program. There are all these mind games going on, and it's all about control and power. And at the end of that scene, I don't know who's really in charge there, other than you're the guy with the money and the collection, and she's trying to land you as an account, and maybe something more.
1: Yeah, and then, she really gets me. <laughs> <laughs> she completes you, is that what yeah, you're trying she to say? Yeah, I guess. Yeah uh yeah her character really gets under my skin a little bit you yeah. know just can't get rid of her idea of her and stuff and um you know it's the way it is with him but, but with for them
0: but she she knows how to push your buttons yeah like you could see that and yeah you, she's good at it and you know how to push hers yeah as well.
1: yeah that's for sure you know i i think he thinks he's in love with her but uh, he also thinks she'd make a great political wife you know and uh uh, he's messed up. He doesn't know what he wants, but he know exa- he knows exactly what he wants. If that <laughs> makes any sense,
0: it makes perfect sense. Yeah, has no idea what he wants, and right. that's exactly what he wants. Right. But he wants to be in charge. He wants to be, you know, the one yeah. calling the shots. Right. And Kate, uh, what was it like working with her on the show?
1: She's fantastic. She, I mean, I mean, everybody says that about people that they work with and stuff like that. But it's just, it's, it's, she really is. I mean, there's, there's not a diva inside her, and she's always just right there with you. Uh, you know, in the moment. And, you know, that's all you can ask for of somebody. You know, that in good humor.
0: That's got to be a pleasure. Leave it at the door. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but that's got to be a pleasure on the set, because I'm sure some set you've been on, that hasn't necessarily been the case. And then all of a sudden, it becomes, not that it's work, but it becomes work. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And so as that relationship plays out, on the other side, you've got Christian, you know, is playing Graham Connor. How's he going to compete with that? You know, Kate, it seems like, you know, has you not eating out of her hand, certainly, but she seems to have the upper hand. And Graham's really... Well, st- chicks
1: always do, don't they? <laughs> yeah, you, you think?
0: <laughs> they always have the upper hand. So how does he compete with something like that? What, what, is, what does he do? I mean, what's he gonna, how's he going to appeal to your character to get him on your side? How's he going to what?
1: I missed the last part. I was still back there thinking about that. I don't brand. blame you. I'm thinking about Kate in that scene to tell you
0: the truth. No, um when he when he comes at you in the pilot, I mean he knows sort of how to get to you, whether it's through riches, whether it's through women, whether it's through art. He plays all the angles. That's what I like about his character. Yeah. He will not quit until he's exhausted every angle and and make sure that, you know, you're gonna be in his pocket.
1: Right. Well, I guess he's like the apprentice. That, you know, with with Graham. You know, he's uh I think he's the you'll find out. If you watch, you watch the story, you'll find out. I don't wanna give too much away. I like how you brought about, it back like,
0: to I like how you brought it back to Trump, by the way, with the apprentice. Well done. Yeah.
1: No. <laughs> oh, that's right. How about that? <laughs> I was thinking of the sorcerer than the apprentice, but oh, Okay, you take it any way you want. All
0: right. Well let's see another clip that we have. And this is Graham we're talking about uh, interacting with Mr. Quaid.
1: Very nice. Very,
0: very nice. That's a great addition to what I consider to be the finest collection in New York. You obviously know what to buy and when. I got the paperwork.
1: For you to sign? Well, what is this? You're getting way ahead of yourself here, kid. Who said I'd sign with Park Mason? You did. No, I did not. Well, you said I was the you said I was the guy you wanted to work with. What are you running a con? I was talking about statues. I already told Mason you'd sign. Well then you have a problem, then don't you? Besides, my account is worth a lot more than just one statue. Isn't it? I have more. I have more. It could be a drug deal, couldn't it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, what's, what, what's he breaking out <laughs> yeah. next? Well, it's, it's the way it is
1: with, you know, art makes people crazy.
0: Well, he, and again, I'm not giving away too much, but he spent some time in Iraq and met some people and managed to get uh, access to certain uh, objects of art that yeah, he brings back, into, he brings that. back into the country, and he's the guy that can get you things, as they like to say in right. some prison movies. He's, yeah. with, you know, on the side. Exactly. And uh, but now he comes in very raw in the beginning, and you see him gain more polish in this auction house sort of world. And uh, when you look at these auctions and how they're going down, I mean, everyone's seen them when you know you raise your placard and you bid X amount of millions of dollars. When you watch it in this show, though there's so much more tension behind that because you're invested in the characters, you know what the stakes are, and these high-ticket items, it's not even, oh, my God, they're, not, they're paying so much for it, but what it means to the person to actually bid and how the money is made on the auction house side as well. Yeah,
1: I mean, any purchase like that, you know, I guess it's like the same like when you're buying a house. It's, you know, you're paying like, a lot of money, and it's a very emotional decision in the end. You know, then you're competing.
0: Yeah, when you hear the millions and you see the hesitation before they're raising that placard, I mean, even though a lot of them have some fu money, they're still thinking twice about dropping it before whatever object they're going to acquire.
1: Yeah, I mean, five million dollars is five million dollars. Yeah,
0: isn't it? You know? yeah, it certainly is. Five million, anyone out there? Five? No? Okay, yeah. we'll move on then. Um, at, Another thing I wanted to ask you about the show, being on Crackle, which again, you can get on the app, you can get on the web, it's free, you'll be able to binge the entire series, which I highly recommend, because I'm a binge guy, as you could probably tell, but when you're watching the show, and you're really sort of getting involved in it, the thing I li- another thing I like about it is that you speak how normal people speak. There's no censorship. There's no, if you want to say something, uh, uh, my apologies to the Apple family here, you know, if something bugs the shit out of you, you just say it. And that adds another level of realism to the show. Because when you're having these down and dirty conversations, they get down and dirty. You're not well, trying to pull it's, back. It's
1: about the way people talk, you yeah. know. That's what it all comes down to. And you just don't want to feel like you're, you know, you're being censored in that. That's that's basically what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, and I I like the level of realism that it adds to the characters in the show, because it gets gritty. I mean, when you're at war in Iraq, you're not saying, you know, hello, how are you today? Perhaps you can move to the right so I can aim my... It it doesn't go down like that. I mean, you know, you want to add that level of realism into the show. Well, I think,
1: you know, in general, what is going on in the world of television is there's this revolution, I mean, Reminds me of what was going on in the movies back in the '70s, where the studios they were making, you know, they were making the sound of music and you know Toby Tyler and you know these these big bloated uh, movies that you know were. You know, for the, the parent trap, and stuff. <laughs> it, was, it was all good, but there was a, there was a, wasn't a realism. It was something that really connected with with people on an everyday basis. And what's going on in television right now is like, you feel like the inmates have taken over the asylum in a in a, in a way. I I think where you, you have these shows that I I know I I feel as as, as a viewer uh, that I really relate to. I become very personally connected to uh, rather than the, than just a two-hour experience, you know, for the most part, which is... At, and uh, it's very exciting to be in television now.
0: Yeah, and some shows you can have a 10-hour experience, a 20-hour experience, depending on how many seasons yeah. there are, and you just, as you said earlier, get immersed in that world and in that culture, and you feel, you know, whether it's a Game of Thrones or a Breaking Bad... Right. Or, I mean, you're just in that world, and, and there's no place you'd rather be. Right. Um, now what I'd like to do is turn the mic over to you guys and open this up to see if anybody has some questions for Dennis Quaid. Uh, You've got your hand raised right there. Please say your name and let us know what your question is. And Pablo's coming over here, so now you can say your name or her name if you know it, and let us know (laughs) what your question is for Dennis Quaid. Go right ahead. Uh, Sorry, I don't know your name. Uh, My name is Adam. Um, In regards to these type of stories, whether it's Wall Street, your series, uh, The Great Gatsby, there's always a stereotype that the rich are so evil and bad. And is it necessarily a bad thing to want and to be materialistic and to just collect? I mean, you're not necessarily hurting anybody. There's a sentiment about gaining more. So would you say your character um, has a shade of gray? Can I necessarily call him bad or like you would see in Wall Street? Do you sort of break that stereotype in regards to a money-making character? Well,
1: that's because rich people are evil, by the way, Adam. But... But aside from that, uh, you know, uh, it's the whole idea. It's it's a dramatic device to, you know, power corrupts or whatever. But, you know, I I myself, I don't see him as, I I don't play Sam Bruckner as, to me, he's not an evil dude. He's uh, just trying to get what he wants, you know, and he's got his own heart, even though he doesn't show it to anybody. But, you know, there's some sensitivity down (laughs) to him. I mean, the same way you play Hitler if you were playing him, you know, who would believe it? I mean, the man loved dogs, but uh, it's uh, it's <laughs> a, a, human beings. We're we very complex. Uh, that's the way I see it, and uh, we are according to the we behave according to the circumstances of our lives. And um, you know, I, you know, I, I it I don't think it has to do with rich or poor or this or that. I think it's the your genes and
0: the way you grew up. I think you were going with like a greed is good sort of angle there, but well, not really money, more for art, because if you're collecting artwork, there's something. Yeah, as
1: long greed is good, as long as it's my greed coming my way, yeah, right? Well, that is all great. Then greed's good yeah, for I've everyone. Got,
0: well, I've got an explanation for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your question. Let's see. Let's go over to this young lady over here who Adam interrupted. What's your name and what's your question for Dennis Quaid?
1: Hi, I'm Casey, thanks for coming. Hi Casey. (laughs) I'm just curious, in your long career, what maybe your favorite role was? Which one did you enjoy playing the most? My absolute very favorite role, uh, with no hesitation, was The Right Stuff, playing Gordo Cooper. Because I was a kid kid in in Houston, Texas, which became Space City, and uh, the original seven astronauts were there. And uh, Gordo Cooper was my favorite astronaut as a kid. He was the youngest. He was like the rock and roll astronaut. And then they wrote the book, The Right Stuff, and I read it cover to cover. And I said, if they ever make a movie of this, I want to play Gordo Cooper. But it was, that was an impossible dream in a way. But then I got an audition for it. I mean, it was already given to somebody else, the part. And uh, he decided he didn't want to do it. I got an audition for it. And I went in and I got it. I couldn't believe it. Talk about living the dream. Yeah. And then the very next week after I got it, I, of course, because I, you know, I like to do all that research stuff, you know. Uh, I found a Gordo Cooper lived three miles from me over in the San Fernando Valley. And uh, I called him up. We became really good friends. He turned me on to a, a flight instructor. And I, I got my pilot's license. And then I wound up flying jets. And Chuck Yeager was on the set every day. And it was. It was nine months to shoot and it was like it it, it was it was just it was like a dream. It Did was, you grow It up was a fantastic experience.
0: Did you grow up wanting to be an astronaut or oh, yeah, to Yeah, that's fly?
1: all we I replaced wanting to be a cowboy. I mean, you know, I grew up in Texas with so the cowboy thing. But uh it's it replaced it right right then and there.
0: And now you're hanging out with Chuck Yeager and Gordon Cooper and playing yeah. him in a movie and Yeah,
1: I still want to be an astronaut.
0: You should go up there.
1: I should. They should send me up. Yeah. I could use this form right here to start that. There you
0: go. Sense, yeah. Everyone go on to <laughs> DennisQuadeUpInSpace.com and we'll get them up there. <laughs> yeah. Good question. We have another question. Yeah, send yes. him to space. <laughs>
2: Hi, my name is Stacey. Um, I read a long time ago or that earlier in your career, and I will say this, that you have one of the best smiles in the history of cinema, but you were told that your smile wasn't big enough and then you went on to have this illustrious career. Do you feel now on this on set that you have some sort of responsibility to convey to these um, younger and up-and-coming up actors to say to them, like, you know, kind of ignore the noise and keep going? Or how did that, did that kind of motivate you?
1: Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, you really read the bio, for God's sake. But it, it wasn't was my smile that was big. It was my teeth, he said, wasn't big enough. It was a it was a casting director outside of uh, some I forgot the name of the movie I was going up for, but yeah I mean uh, your teeth. You were take a enough? lot of your self esteem takes a lot of knocks when you're you know when you want to be an actor it just does like every day you know you wake up with hope in your heart and uh, it just you know, you get knocked down it's a lot of rejection it's just time and time and time again it's a hundred no's and a, and one maybe and. Hopefully that turns out to be a yes, and uh, and then, uh, but uh, you know, you gotta love it. That's that's the thing I tell people. If if you do if you just love it that much, then it's not gonna matter. You're doing something you love to do, and uh, the best thing is getting paid for it. Getting paid for it handsomely is even better, but <laughs> but that's what I tell my kids. Do what you, lo- what you love in your heart and try to figure out a way to make a living out of that. That's, that's the best life you can have.
0: And having a nice smile helps, right? Ah, it'll help you smile. Hi, what's your name and what's your question?
2: I'm Chantal. Again, thank you for being here. This is such an enjoyable Thanks pleasure. for coming. And thank you to the Apple Store for even hosting events like this. Um, well, my question is, you've had an amazing career so far so many memorable uh movies and just embodiment of characters is there something when you get a script that immediately calls to you that you know that this is a character that you want to be this is a character that you want to embody and give face to and give life to
1: yeah that's when i know i mean the 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 first time i read a script that's when that's basically when i in fact that is when i know because when you when I read a script for the first time, it's like being a first-time uh, uh, audience member in a movie. Uh, that you know, you're just discovering it and how it rolls over you, how it makes you feel, and, you know, what it says to you, and uh, how the character speaks to you and how you relate to them. And um, sometimes, though, I I do. Uh, I'll read it, and th- th- they sent me like a script or were- they want me to play this character, you know? And, 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 but I, I'm a, it, it sends fear in my heart because I don't know how I'm going to do it. Although I want to do it, but it's, I'm still like, how in the hell am I going to do this? But, uh, and that's for sure the thing I should do. If it, if it really makes me afraid, that means I really should do it. If there was uh, any advice at all that you'd give to a young, up-and-coming actor, what would it be? Um, well, I, I think I just talked about it a little bit. Just make sure you really love it. And you, got, you really got to persevere, man. And you got to do something like a little bit of something like every day. Uh, you know, you got to have a, a huge capacity f- to, to take rejection. But you, you, you got to be positive uh, about it. And you got, you got to do something about it every day. You know... Um, whether it's read a script or uh, write something, I mean, these days it really helps to really like create your own stuff because you can get it on like instantly, you know. And uh, do something proactive if that's what you want to do, but you got to be dogged. I mean, really, really dogged because it's like, if I was starting out today, I'd, I'd hardly know where to start. I mean, it seems so much, so much competition. Yeah, but. Like, when I started, I I came out to L.A. I I was lucky enough, I got my Screen Actors Guild card in Texas in 72, and all you had to do was pay 75 bucks for it. You know, you didn't need to get a job before you got the card, and you couldn't get a card unless you had a job. So, uh, but there were 30,000 actors in the Screen Actors Guild, and, like, less than 1% were working on a daily basis. And I just... I don't know. Uh, It's foolish, but I just determined that i was going to be one of those one percent what drove you because it's easy that's something
0: that's very easy to say because i
1: didn't know what else i was going to do oh, okay more than anything else i already been I already went down to the coffee house and played my guitar and the lady uh, who was running the place told me that oh, you know what you have is good for living rooms but you'll never really be a musician you know and i could have been a musician but i believed her <laughs> <laughs> but at the time I was kind of on the fence between music and acting I went, okay, I'm going to be an actor and that's going to be it because I was already told I was good at that I was lucky enough I had a uh, teacher in the uh, first week of college uh, a great professor at the University of Houston who was also my, my brother's acting teacher and Trey Wilson you remember Trey Wilson? sure and, and a bunch of people he was, um, he was a great inspirer And he really taught acting as a craft, something you could actually touch and use. And, you know, I don't want to say method because, you know, but it was something, a craft that you could develop. And, you know, start out as an apprentice and work to a journeyman and get to be a master at it eventually. And uh, I just knew that I was given a gift at 18. I knew what I wanted to do with the rest of my life.
0: Are you a method actor? But be dogged. Are you a method actor on the set? Are you the character when you're there, or I, I, I don't have I, I, you know, maybe I.
1: Yes and no. I mean, I, I learn stuff and then I throw it away and forget it. You know, just basically, that's what we do in life. We learn our, learn our lessons and then we just throw them away and forget them and make the same mistakes again,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, what's your name, please, and what's your question for Dennis Quaid?
1: My name is Ken, and welcome, Dennis. Hey, Ken. My question was, and you kind of touched on this, because you said um, you don't know how you're going to play a certain role. Yeah. And I'm wondering, is there a technique that you employ when you are trying to learn a character? You talk about learning a character and you throw it away. But is there something that helps you whenever you get a role and you say, I've got to learn this? You know, what is it that you employ as an actor that helps you Learn the character and get into character yeah I, I, I try all kinds of things really, you know and just cast about uh, i i I look for uh like you know a pair of shoes you know like when you're in the wardrobe, and you just put on a pair of shoes that makes you feel like the character or it makes you walk like the character or i uh look for something in my past, something in my personality, some kind of like tick, or I see somebody else who has a personality trait or a tick or you know uh, uh, why do they walk like that why do they why do they do their nose like that when somebody said you know it, it's some little thing that will lead me into the bigger thing you know i kind of work from the outside in i kind of like and uh, uh, by by doing something then i'll start to feel it on the inside and then it sort of like takes on a life on its own and then hopefully by 2 weeks into shooting something uh, I'll know more about the character than the writer does and uh, it'll be like uh, putting on a suit of clothes every day that's that's kind of I don't know if that explains anything but it's 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 really got a casting about in the the dark you know
0: well I feel like the character you play in the art of more is you definitely got the most of that character, and I think everyone will be extremely compelled watching the series on Crackle. I feel like I should ask you what's your favorite word after all these questions, you know what I mean? Like, this feels like an actor's studio sort of thing. I'm getting that vibe. But uh, I, I, and I thought you were tremendous and Far From Heaven as well, and I know you were in that. Oh, thanks. Uh, that's a fantastic film, those of you who haven't seen that. Um, but I want to thank... Everyone here, I'd like to thank all the folks here at the Apple Store. Of course, I encourage you to go on Crackle, either the app or the website, and check out the show. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, And before Dennis goes out into outer space, you should support him by watching The Art of More. It's coming on Thursday, November 19th. You can binge it, all 10 episodes, and I think you're in for a real treat. And honestly, it was a real treat. Speaking to you, Dennis. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, John. Thank you very
1: much. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for coming, everybody, really.